This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert. Good morning, Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Cassie Calvert filling in for Daniel on this huge Tuesday morning coming off a wild victory last night at the Smoothie King Center for the Pelicans. A final score of 124 to 122 over the Cleveland Cavaliers, but that score doesn't quite tell the whole story. The Pelicans came out on fire, mostly Terrence Jones, who had a career high tying 36 points, not to mention 11 rebounds, three blocks, and two steals. Really just a great effort from him on both ends of the floor. He went 8 for 8 to start the game, and the Pelicans were up 70 to 50 at the half. Drew Holiday, also an incredible game, 33 points, 6 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. Again, all the way across the stat sheet for Holiday as well. Again, the Pelicans were without Anthony Davis, who has that right quad contusion that's still been bothering him, and the Cavaliers did not rest LeBron, Kyrie, or Kevin Love. So, full team effort from the Pelicans to overcome the Cavaliers, who, like I said, did not rest anyone. Pelicans bench made the difference there. They outscored the Cavaliers bench 40-13, to and really just a great defensive effort from the Pelicans as well. They had 11 block shots to Cleveland's three. Obviously, three of those came from Terrence Jones, one of which was by far the play of the game. He absolutely denied LeBron James in the fourth quarter. That is a highlight you will see for a while, I am sure. Fun fact from Jim Eigenhofer on Twitter, the Pelicans.com writer. Since New Orleans became the Pelicans, they're actually 4-0 at home against LeBron James, Cavs, and Heat teams. So maintain that perfect record again last night at the Smoothie King Center. If you weren't there, you missed a remarkable game. Hopefully you were t- tuned in on Fox Sports New Orleans. Pelicans will be back in action Wednesday night against the Red Hot Thunder as well, although they have faltered a little bit of late. The Thunder are coming off a win last night against the Jazz, 97-95, with Russell Westbrook hitting the go-ahead jumper with 1.4 seconds remaining. He has just been lights out this season. He picked up his 22nd triple-double of the season, 59th career triple-double. He is tied with Larry Bird for fifth on an all-time NBA list for career triple-doubles. A good, good company to be in there for Russell Westbrook. The Thunder are wrapping up a six-game road trip Wednesday night at the Smoothie King Center, on which they've gone two and three so far. So Thunder looking to even out that road trip to 500. Pelicans hoping that doesn't happen, coming off a incredible offensive showing in which they went 16 of 39 from three-point range, which was season best for made three-pointers, just one shy of the franchise record for three. So if they can keep up that Three-point shooting Wednesday night. They're going to give the Thunder a run for their money for sure. In Saints news yesterday, Drew Brees is headed to the Pro Bowl after Matt Ryan is headed to the Super Bowl. He'll be replacing the Atlanta Falcons quarterback who will be unable to play due to his preparation for the following week for the Super Bowl. That'll be Drew Brees' 10th Pro Bowl overall and his franchise record 9th as a member of the Saints. Obviously, here in New Orleans, we know Drew Brees has had a remarkable career, and we will look forward to watching him take on the Pro Bowl this Sunday at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. And that game will be televised live at 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN Sunday evening. 
We've got a great show for you today on this Tuesday. Coming up next, Daniel caught up with Jim after the Cavaliers game. To recap that remarkable win, Jim tells us how it happened and looks ahead to the Thunder Wednesday night. And we'll also hear from John DeShazer, who is at the Senior Bowl, to look at some prospects this week for NewOrleansSaints.com. He'll tell you what to expect from the Senior Bowl and how is it different from the Combine, what the Saints will be looking for, etc. So stick around. It's Guys Night Out. You and the crew head out to the club. Tonight is ladies' night, but there are no ladies in sight. Where are the ladies, bro? Then a bad batch of hot wings sends you sprinting to the bathroom. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Oklahoma City Thunder, Wednesday, January 25th. Get Guys Night in gear with our Guys Night Out six-pack. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of the low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. Man, oh man, what a win last night for the Pelicans over the Cleveland Cavaliers, 124 to 122. It's always nice having Jim Mike Knopfer in from Pelicans.com. It's even nicer when we're talking about a huge win over the defending champs without AD. Jim, how about that win last night? It was great. I mean, I don't mean to oversell it or be overly dramatic, but it was definitely one of those nights that makes you say just remind you of like how how much fun it is sometimes in sports and it was it was just a great night to to be there and see the atmosphere and to see a team that didn't have Anthony Davis still find a way to beat one of the best teams in the league is it frustrating knowing that how the team lost on Friday you know how they lost to the Brooklyn Nets the worst team in the league is it frustrating knowing that then you beat the defending chance without AD on Monday or you just kind of forget about that now and you talk about this huge win I would say it's a little frustrating, but I also subscribe to the theory that I've heard for a long time that there's people always say that there's five or six games a year where no matter what you do, you're going to win. And there's five or six games a year that no matter what you do, you're going to lose. And I feel like that was kind of what happened Friday from, I mean, from Brooklyn's standpoint, I feel like they would have beaten probably just about anyone in the league. I mean, obviously you don't want to give up 143 points the way the Pelicans did, but I mean, Brooklyn played fantastic and I think as people have had more a little bit more time to to um, be reasonable and the, the players even and, and kind of have some distance between that result and now they've kind of put been able to put it more in perspective instead of the sky is falling more more of a um, it was one game and I think that was something that Elvin Gentry talked about after the Cavs win was just that it's one game so um, <clears throat> is it frustrating I think it is a little bit sometimes when you say when you can't figure out from game to game why you get such drastically different results. But I think it's if you look at the over the course of a whole season, you'd see tons of this. It's just in this case, it happened two consecutive games where you had one really discouraging loss and then one great win. What does it say about this team though to be able to bounce back like they did without AD? Because you could have easily 
showed up here against Cleveland defending champs without AD and be like, uh, well, we're probably not supposed to win this game. But then you have guys like Terrence Jones and Drew Holiday play out of their mind. What does that say about this team with, you know, a lot riding on them with this race for eighth? Uh, you know, these losses, you know, they can't really uh, have too bad of a homestand here, come out and play like the way they did. I mean, I think it was a really good um, statement that they made. Um, I think that it helped a ton that they got off to a good start. Because when you're in a situation like this where you find out, you know, an hour or two before the game that your best player is not going to be there and you're playing an opponent that's the caliber of Cleveland, I think if you start off the first quarter and you get down double figures, it's easy. I mean, every, these guys are human beings. It's easy in that situation to be like, you know, this isn't going to be, this isn't going to work out for us. But they started the game so well, and Terrence Jones was great in the first quarter. And I feel like they were able to just kind of um, ride that the rest of the night. And even though the Cavs made a few runs, I felt like I, I'm sure like everyone it was it was there were some nervous points in the game, but I felt like the better they were the better team tonight. So ultimately, I I felt pretty comfortable throughout the game that they were going to win just because it seemed like they were holding the upper hand pretty consistently throughout the whole game. Now we know Terrence Jones was capable of playing this type of game, but I mean, 36 points ties a career high. What did you see out of him tonight that impressed you the most? The one thing that he mentioned um, was just that he knows he has to be more aggressive when Anthony Davis isn't playing. We asked him, you know, afterwards, you know, what is it? Is there some explanation or is there something um, similar to something that explains why in the four games that Anthony Davis hasn't played, you've had some of your best games. And obviously there's going to be more opportunities when Anthony Davis isn't playing, whether it's playing time or shots, so on and so forth. But um, I think his mindset changes a little bit because he moves from, he moves up a couple pegs in terms of what, what option he is in the offense. You know, when, when AD's playing, he's kind of a peripheral guy a little bit. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but then when, it seems like in these games that AD hasn't played, it's really been he's been the first or second option on offense, and so they've they've gone to him so much, and he's been so aggressive. So if you if you take those two things together, I think that does partly um, explain why he's been so good in the the four non Anthony Davis games. Now, not only did he do this, Terrence Jones tonight, but I think a lot of the team did this, which was one of their main keys tonight to beat the Cavaliers was attack the paint. It's something that I felt like the team was a little bit more aggressive, including Drew Holiday, who also had a phenomenal night with 33 points, 10 assists, his sixth career 30 and 10 game of his career. What did you like out of Drew Holiday's game tonight? Was it the aggressiveness from him? Yeah, I think the team overall, I think part of why they they did, I mean, some of it was probably a little bit of a mindset to make sure that they got into the paint a little bit more, but also Cleveland doesn't have a great shot-blocking team. They don't have a lot of guys that you really fear when you get around the rim. It seemed like... Also, Terrence, I mean, Drew Drew was great all around. That was probably the best game he's played this season. I mean, probably not even that much of an argument of, that you could find another game where he was the, as good as he was. Um, but it seemed like Terrence, some of the baskets he had, and I think a couple of players mentioned this, he was just taking his time and he was methodical and he was, you know, putting the ball on the floor a couple times, getting in the right position, looking at his defender, trying to kind of get, you know, get a body into the guy, and he had – he had plenty of time to shoot, so I felt like there was there wasn't much rushed. It seemed like everything was was kind of at the right tempo, at the right speed on offense, and I think that was a big reason why they were able to to do so much damage around the basket was just because against Cleveland, you're not really that worried that they're going to um, to, to to block shots. I think they they only had three, whereas three blocks where the Pelicans had eleven, which is yeah. a pretty big difference. Were you intrigued by how well Motunis played? How effective he was off the bench with fourteen? 
Yeah, and it was really it was really more so for me just him doing what I know he can do more so than I was that I was surprised or more that that I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is um intriguing or interesting." Um I just think he's he's just got a lot of elements to his game. He's really good with the ball as far as passing and and um finding guys and stuff like that and he had 14 points as well, so made a couple threes. So, um I think he also benefited, quote unquote, from Anthony Davis not playing because like Terrence Jones, who was elevated into a bigger role, I think Donatus also played probably a little bit more than he definitely played more than he has been lately. And I and I think that was partly a result of him just getting bumped up the depth chart a little bit with Anthony Davis not here. All right, so the Pelicans sit a game and a half back of the Nuggets for the eighth and final playoff spot. I know we talked about on Friday how the Pelicans got that win and some other things went our way. We could be seeing an eighth or close to it on Monday, or now to Monday, or now Tuesday. And still, things look okay still for the Pelicans, but now the the tough homestand continues. We have Oklahoma City, who just had a big win over the Jazz uh, last night. And then you have the San Antonio Spurs, who just beat the Cavs on the road in overtime. Then you have the Wizards, who are playing really well right now. So not an easy rest of this homestand for New Orleans. Sure, but I mean, it's so huge that they're they're 2-1 on this homestand now. You have three games left. Obviously, you want to win as many as you as you can, but um, it's 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 just looks so much better now if going into these next three games. And I mean, as we've said and we've noticed, we've watched this all season. Just because you beat Cleveland doesn't mean the next game you're going to play well. Just because you were terrible against Brooklyn doesn't mean you're going to be bad the next game. So, I mean, it, it's hard to say. It's I'm at the point where I don't even want to predict what's going to happen, but. But you definitely feel really good about your chances when you can, in these next few games against good teams, when you were able to do what you did against Cleveland. Is the biggest concern about this team right now, kind of like you mentioned, the consistency, where you're showing up against the Brooklyn team, putting up 143 points, giving up your season high, and then you score your season high 124 against the defending champs? Is it the consistency that is going to be the key for this Pelicans team in the playoff run? Sure. I think it is the biggest concern or the biggest thing to look at, but I mean, I think you'd find that with a lot of teams in, that have the records that they do and that are in that this part of the, the race in terms of, like, on the fringe of eighth place in the West, you'd probably find across the board that a lot of those teams have kind of the same um, concerns or, or characteristics. But um, to me, the the thing is right now is, like, the, it's, the eighth spot is so there for the taking. And even though now there's so many teams that have a, a chance and are right there, I feel like if you can put together a four-game winning streak like the Pelicans did twice earlier in the season, you could you could kind of take maybe not not completely take control, but you could put yourself in a really good situation and put pressure on all these other teams because I feel like everyone right now is looking around at the other teams that are in the race, saying like, "Man, is any are, are any of these guys going to? If one of these teams gets hot, we're going to be in trouble, or we're going to have to get hot ourselves." So. I mean, right now, that's. I think that should be the goal is that you want to be that team that is the first one that can really put something together and put a nice stretch of, of games together coming up over the next couple of weeks. And unfortunately, the Pelicans have struggled on the road this season, so getting home wins is very important for this team. So these yeah. next three games are going to be very important and also uh, should be fun as the Thunder roll into town tomorrow night. Jim, I appreciate the time as always, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, when we come back, Cassie Calver will be back with John DeShazer talking Senior Bowl. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. 
the energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Hey, New Orleans! The world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun. Starting Friday night, come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star Practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie Calvert, and this morning I am joined by John DeShazer, who is joining us from the Senior Bowl in Alabama. Welcome to the Black and Blue Report, J.D. Hey, glad to be here, as usual. So, for fans who don't know, take us through a little bit about what the Senior Bowl week entails for guys coming in, trying to impress NFL teams like the Saints, who are looking at these guys ahead of the draft this summer. Well, the Senior Bowl really is kind of a scaled-down version of the NFL NFL Combine. And I say scaled-down version because it's uh, specifically suited to college seniors. Uh, now, coaches might have a little bit more individual time with those players this week. I think uh, you know the, the, the interview round is different here in Mobile than it is in, in Indianapolis for the Combine. So they're able to sit down and talk a little bit more with them and – the added bonus is they have practices during the week, so they get to see these guys in competitive environment. Not so much the game on Saturday, but the practices, the individual practices where the defensive ends are going against the offensive tackles and you know the receivers are going against the cornerbacks. You don't get an opportunity to see that kind of thing at the combine, but you do get a chance to see it in these live practices. They aren't tackle practices, but they are live practices. Guys are going full speed. So from that standpoint, they get an opportunity to evaluate uh, players that, you know, yeah, they already have grades on them, but they get a chance to see them up close and personal, and they get a chance to interview them. A lot of times they've been able to talk to these guys uh, throughout the season or be able to see them throughout the season, but here's an opportunity to get a chance to to really sit down and kind of get a a better read on them. The downside is you don't have all the draft-eligible juniors here uh, because it is the senior bowl. So that whole entire class, all of those guys, uh, will not be here in Mobile, and so you don't get an opportunity to interview those guys and to see them in, in live practices and those kind of things. So, But you do get a chance to, to get a good look at some select seniors, um, but again, you don't get a chance to see those choice juniors who are also in the draft and who are you know, potential first, second, third-round picks. So, like you said, the practices throughout the week are first practice this afternoon on Tuesday. So you're saying that the coaches may get more out of these practices than the actual game on Saturday then? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because you get a chance to see them uh, a lot more in individualized situations. In a game, I mean, you know, maybe maybe the, the player only plays, you know, a half a quarter, but you get a chance to see a full week of practice out of him in certain situations, uh, again, in, in running situations, in pass block situations, uh, one-on-one situations. So you get an opportunity to see those guys, I think, a lot more individually, um, more so than in the game. A cornerback might play in this game, and, for instance, he might not be thrown at twice during the game. But during practice, uh, during the week, 
he'll get an opportunity to show what he can do in those one-on-one situations. So, you know, the game might dictate that a guy does not see a lot of action or he might not be targeted a lot or you might not see a lot out of him, but you will see him in the practices. So I know we have a lot of local guys there for LSU, one Tulane, one Grambling State, but who specifically are you looking for this week in practice? Well, I mean, I keep seeing high things about that LSU cornerback, Tredavious White, so I kind of want to see him a little bit. And, and, you know, he's already interviewed with Saints coaches yesterday, according to the report. So, you know, we'll see how he how he does uh, during the weekend. Um, you know, you also want to keep up with the Alabama kids. Uh, a guy like uh, linebacker Ryan Anderson, uh, the All-American, you know, he'll, he's the guy who will probably draw interest and people want to see exactly what he's made out of. Uh, another kid uh, that I want to see, you know, just see how he performs under these situations is the Grambling receiver on uh, Chad Williams because, you know, again, he's jumping up a level in competition. He put up some great numbers at Grambling, but can he hold up against, you know, a higher level of competition? That's a, a, a chance. A lot of kids who come from the um, F, uh, the, the championship sub-level teams, uh, the playoff teams, uh, on the lower levels, I used to call them always Division One A, One Double A. I I can't get that out of my head, but <laughs> you want to see how they work out against the Division One guys, the higher echelon guys, to see if they can hold up. And this will be a chance for Chad Williams to get out and and show what he can do in some one-on-one situations against Division One cornerbacks. So you know, guys like that, I kind of want to see. So obviously, the Senior Bowl NBTs do have the option of declining the invitation. Deshaun Watson, obviously a big prospect this year, declined the Browns' invitation to participate. How does that affect their evaluation of him? I don't think it affects a guy like him at all. Um, the seniors who are invited, who decline, especially the high caliber, the high level guys, I don't think it affects them. I mean. You've got three or four years of tape on those guys, number one. Mm-hmm. So for them, it would be beneficial, just beneficial to stay away and to work out individually and to get themselves together for their pro day because if Deshaun Watson goes to the NFL Combine, for instance, he's probably not going to run. He's probably not going to throw. He might not lift. He'll probably do all of those things on his pro day. Or he'll pick and choose. He'll cherry pick what it is he wants to do at the NFL Combine. You know, he'll go have his NFL pro day where he'll throw to receivers that he's been working out with and that he has his timing down with. So I don't think it affects a guy like him a whole lot. For other guys who are lesser known, of course, if they get the invitation, they need to be here because it's one more chance for them to kind of put on a show for NFL scouts because every NFL team is represented here in Mobile, so they all get a chance to see you. They all get a chance to interview you if they choose to and those kinds of things. But for a guy like Deshaun Watson, I don't think it hurts him a whole lot. He's got some great film, some great game film that they can go by. He's got several years of it. Everybody knows what he did in back-to-back national championship games. So I don't think coming to Mobile and practicing under Cleveland's watchful eye or anybody else's is going to affect him a whole lot. He'll he'll do the same thing at his pro day. He might participate in some things at the combine, and he's going to be picked wherever he's going to be picked, regardless of whether or not he came here. So a guy like Dak Prescott was able to make an impression in the Senior Bowl when he participated, and he tweeted yesterday, Senior Bowls this week, don't take a meeting, practice rep, or walking through the lobby lightly. You're being evaluated, and I loved that. So you're saying that a guy like him is able to sort of improve their draft stock, whereas not participating for a guy who's already highly looked at is, is maybe a better idea. Well, exactly. I mean, and Dak Prescott, I mean, even though he – you know, improved himself some. He was a fourth-round pick, uh, so, you know, he didn't necessarily jump off the page, but, I mean, I think he he was able to 
impress, you know, not only probably the Cowboys, but probably some other teams with the way he interviewed and the way he carried himself throughout the week. So the guys who are here, it is important. If you're, if you're not, you know, it's one of those, you know, you know, half a dozen here and then six that way. You know, is it important to who's here? Of course. Is it important to the guys who aren't here? Uh, if they if they decline an invitation, no, because, one, it says something about them. To be given the invitation, they're already probably pretty elite. For them to be able to turn it down, sure, the NFL teams want to see them again, but they've got enough stuff. If, if Deshaun Watson didn't go through an NFL pro day, I don't think it has hurt his stock tremendously because everybody knows exactly who he is and what he is and what he's done. Uh, so I don't think it will bother him. But for a guy like Dak Prescott, it probably did help him open some eyes because he was able to come here, uh, go through out the week in practice. And, again, not so much in the games. You know, every now and again a guy might bust out and have a nice real, uh, have a really nice game. But I think more so in the practices during the week is where guys open eyes. Always fun to see what names start buzzing after the Senior Bowl week. And that game will be broadcast on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, so 1.30 p.m. Central Time, and J.D. will have your coverage all week long on NewOrleansSaints.com. Thanks, J.D. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. You're at a dinner party. You're seated next to a loudmouth. Plus, there's no bread. Why is there no bread? Myrtle the family chow chow seems very interested in you. But you're allergic to Myrtle and you left your inhaler at home. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans facing off against the San Antonio Spurs Friday, January 27th. Do Friday night right with friends and family at the Smoothie King Center. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. That is just about going to do it for us today on this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Remember, the Pelicans will be back in action tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center hosting the Thunder with Russell Westbrook again coming off his 22nd triple of the double of the season last night when the Thunder topped the Jazz at the very last minute. 
He, of course, hit the game winner. Shocker there. And remember that Drew Brees is headed to the Pro Bowl this weekend. You can catch that game on ESPN at 7 p.m. Central Time on Sunday. He will be in Orlando, his 10th Pro Bowl overall, and his franchise record ninth with the Saints. Incredible career for Drew Brees, as we are very well aware here in New Orleans. Tomorrow, Sean Kelly will be back catching up again with J.D. from the Senior Bowl. He'll, we'll hear about that first day of practice and potentially what Mickey Loomis had to say today if he does, in fact, meet with the media there at the Senior Bowl. J.D. will share his thoughts, who is the standouts from today's action, and preview again the upcoming Senior Bowl game. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for joining me. It's Kathy Calvert on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.